welcome to another episode of This Life Reconsidered. I have missed saying that intro, especially and specifically kind of leading up to an episode. Um, as you may have noticed, I ended up taking a little bit of a self-imposed hiatus in full transparency. The last episode before this one was recorded and produced maybe just a few days before I had a national TV TV uh, appearance on the Today Show to share my my story about my stroke. Um, it was actually um, an opportunity that was kind of that was kind of an offshoot of an essay I wrote for Cosmo magazine um, late last year, and so I, I had been kind of in such a heavy headspace because it's one thing when you write your story for a magazine it's another thing when you kind of get on national tv and then kind of have to share this very vulnerable part of your life and I was not mentally ready for it um but after that I was also overwhelmed by all the amazing support which was amazing and everyone wants to feel encouraged and supported especially when they're sharing such such very sensitive stuff but I, I i i realized i needed to kind of just slow down a little bit and just kind of try to get back to normal and then was going to kind of come back to the mic and and produce new episodes and get back to sharing and 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 getting really really deep and intellectual about the things that i like to get deep about but then you know the year started off 2020 seem to kind of be kind of going off, you know, pretty, pretty well. And then all of a sudden you turn to the news and unless you just happen to be living in, in one of those countries that is almost barely or not really impacted by what the, the coronavirus, which is basically in one word, the pandemic that has rocked the world, you know, then you may not feel this impact, but most, but I, I think it's a safe bet to say that all around the world, this is universally being felt, even if the numbers aren't the same way around the world, it is still globally alarming. And, you know, what started out as an, uh, as an epidemic snowballed into probably one of the unprecedented, you know, pandemics you know whereas now as of this recording you're talking about numbers are approaching or climbing nearly half million cases globally and in the U.S. also there I think the numbers now are reported about 1,000 deaths you know which is and that's of, of that of this as of this recording so there there's no telling how that number is going to continue to climb and this is just what they know because not everyone can get tested for this and so because the numbers have have like literally climbed to 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 escalated and like altering numbers um so quickly what that what this has spun off is a series of kind of like drastic measures in several countries you see that they're introducing various curfews 
Um, in the U.S., the biggest the biggest cities in, in, in the country are basically being told to stay indoors. Um, and, and, and that's and then and more states are starting to roll down, roll out their versions of shelter in place or self quarantine or lockdown. And those those numbers continue to, to climb and escalate, which is even more like more more saddening now because now you know the pan the pandemic is alarming on a couple levels not only is it kind of like the the, the illnesses and and the deaths and the rapid speed but now the the byproducts of that like being being holed up in your home and not being able to socialize and live your general lives or being confined to to your to your to, 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 to your home exclusively or not being allowed to do something something as basic as go to a supermarket because and, and now enacting no 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 touch no contact policies just because you know this 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 illness that we don't understand is 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 exploding and it's and it's growing and it's and it's and it's and it's, and it's not stopping and 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 it's also just literally completely changing the way that we live like something as simple as going out to grab a drink with someone is now a reason to panic and that and and that that kind of stuff has a lot of impact so with all of this stuff happening with the pandemic and and the coronavirus you know I got to thinking and watching this news coverage and I I reached out to one of my one of my closest friends from from college who also happens to be a great therapist and was also on the show and I wanted to kind of like pick her brain about kind of like not just like living through a a, a, a pandemic and, and, a, and a crisis because I feel like it's bigger than that I kind of wanted her to kind of talk to us about kind of how the something like the social impact of a pandemic can have and uh, you know uh, the the policy that has become very common and i'm calling it a policy but the, the new practice that is becoming common and is being recommended by the cdc in the us and is being enacted also in several countries around the world is this kind of social distancing where you basically should be just keeping people like basically great distance from people i think i think they're saying they were saying three to six six feet but now i think the the general practice right now of, of appropriate social distancing is now six feet which is, 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 is you know a lot of people especially and when you live in a big city like like new york or chicago or los angeles san francisco yeah i mean six feet oh gosh is it seems almost impossible right so to think about the fact that now you have to start creating these distances and also just start separating yourself from people you love and people you know and trust and want to spend time with it's all just really that's the kind of stuff that can take a toll on you mentally and physically and so Thinking about that, I, I thought it would be a great idea to kind of 
you know, talk to Monica and pick her brain and try to get her to kind of share her, her insight on kind of like what the social impact of coronavirus can do. And that felt like it, it's something that we're going to need to keep talking about because even as we get past this issue, the reality is, is that at least in the foreseeable future, the way we live life has changed. And, you know, we're going to have to like learn how to adjust to that reality. So following this, this audio and, and, and this interview, you'll hear kind of some of Monica's thoughts and, 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 and just kind of her perspective on how people can kind of get through this and kind of what behaviors have started to emerge as people have to be much more intentional about being connected to people that they love and especially when they're being told that they can't be within immediate proximity of them. So I, you know, I, I just was really moved to just kind of make sure to kind of share some of these thoughts. And the reality is at the end of the day, you know, it's, this is kind of one of those other things that like everything else we're going to have to get through together. And, you know, we're going to have to just keep trying to understand it. So I hope you can appreciate this, this, this interview and this discussion. And I look forward to bringing a couple episodes like this, you know, throughout the, the coronavirus pandemic. And then even after it, because there'll be some value in trying to understand what life looks like on the other side too, right? So thank you for, for joining us and hope you enjoy it. So I, I guess I guess to kind of kick this off and to, to start start this, I kind of wanna Monica, I know you've been you've been on the show and you shared some really great, you know, insight with, with our, our listeners. And I know that you've been able to kind of draw from a lot of your experience as as a therapist and the kind of work that you do. Um so I think that we have a really great opportunity to talk about kind of like the importance and the value and and the need of like social connection. Why is that so like important? And why is something like social distancing, which is being imposed on us as a result of, you know, this pandemic, why is that kind of damaging and impactful? And 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 how do how do we kind of navigate that the the, the impact that something like that can have on us? Well, right. When when we think about being away from people, we're, we're not just talking about being, you know, at home and, you know, with our families. We're, I mean, there are people who even have to be separated, not just friends or from coworkers, but from their own family members, from their parents, from their children. And when you tell a person that they can't touch or see their children, for two weeks, that is a long time. I mean, it's hard sometimes to be away from family and, and social interaction for one day. And we're telling people 14 days. So that definitely is having a huge impact on our society. You know, we're seeing, I'm seeing people in my office every day with a really, an increase in anxiety, an increase in depression, this idea of social distancing and not leaving our homes for fear of either 
you know, being a carrier and being asymptomatic and passing it along to other people or fear of catching, um, you know, COVID, it, it, it's really, really impacting people, right? You are isolating yourself, you're alone, that regular day-to-day interaction that we have we're not, we, we can't have those anymore. And so we have to be really, really creative on how do we maintain our friendships and how do we see our parents without being near them, especially if they're elderly or, you know, you live with someone who has an underlying medical condition that could put them at high risk of, you know, being infected and, and having complications. You know, um, it, it's been interesting to just kind of observe kind of uh, just the, the the conversation. You know, I, I, I've been paying attention to kind of like my my social my social media channels and, um, you know, even just kind of looking out the window. And even at the very rare moments when I go outside to walk my dog or something, I find myself fascinated that people are almost kind of like immune or almost kind of just still relishing being out, out outside. And it's kind of like they're, those people feel just kind of like, ah, what's the big deal? But, but this pandemic is, is serious and it's real. And so like, why, what, what is it that you think like drives people to kind of s- seemingly be like immune or indifferent or is it indifference or is it just because it's not in us to kind of be isolated? Like, I, I mean, what, what, what do you think is kind of like the trigger for that? Because I've been fascinated by when I see entire throngs of people outside and I'm kind of like, okay, I guess no one got the memo that there's like a, a global pandemic happening. Oh, oh yeah. I'm seeing, I'm seeing things on both sides of the spectrum and, and you're right. It is, it's very interesting and fascinating to see. Um, I think that, you know, here, I don't know how it is in other countries, but here in America, right, we value our independence and being able to do whatever we want. And so being told that we shouldn't leave our homes and we can't be around other people and we have to be six feet apart if we're standing in line at the grocery store, um, you know, that people are rebelling against that they that they don't want that freedom being taken away. I think the other part of it is there are some people who just, you know, are really sticking to the idea of well, I'm healthy, so I'll be fine. And that can be really scary because although you may be healthy and you might be fine, doesn't mean that the people around you will be fine. And so I think that is something that's also allowing people to just kind of be out and about without that worry. Um, there might be a little bit of denial going on, you know, really trying not to freak out about what's going on and just be in denial that this really isn't happening. You maybe you don't know anyone who has it and it just doesn't seem real yet. Many of my clients have used the word this feels really surreal. I feel like I'm in a movie. It just hasn't hit me yet. Um, and and then you've got people on the other side of the spectrum who are extremely anxious, who refuse to leave their house, who are wearing masks, wearing gloves, um, are washing their hands 20 times a day, and you know are yelling at their parents to not leave the house. And so I'm seeing I'm seeing both sides of it. 
Now, is there something to be said? Now, you just you just alluded to something. Is there something to be said about those two levels of extremes? So, like, is there something in our kind of like behavior and in our mindset that accounts for which side of the spectrum we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna land? Or is it not that clear cut? As I'm trying to overly simplify it. Yeah, I don't think it's that clear cut because in with 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 my caseload of clients that I have now, there were certain people that I expected to react a certain way due to their underlying mental health issues. For example, someone who has generalized anxiety disorder um, or already suffer from major depression, and I am seeing you know very different reactions than what I expected. So whether you do suffer from extreme anxiety, sometimes those people are just like, I'm fine. I'm actually pretty calm about this. Um, And then on the other end, you could see someone who who's already anxious is even, you know, 10, 20 times more anxious than they are on a day to day basis. So I don't think there's really a rhyme or reason. And I know there's been a lot of talk about, excuse me, generational um, differences. And I I don't think it's that clear cut either, because, you know, we can blame generation, you know, which whatever generation, but I'm seeing people out and about of all generations, all ages, um, all races. So I, I don't think there's anything specific. And I think it's much more individualized. You know, it's so funny. Like I was talking to to my parents and my parents live overseas and, you know, where they happen to be, there's rarely any cases. And I had to do everything to talk my mother out of like getting on a plane because she was like, ah, you know, and it, it was, and I, and I, and I'm like, mom, it's a, it's a pandemic, you know, like, what are you doing? And I, and, and I, I think you're right. Like, there's no way to kind of really understand it, but I, I felt it would be nice. Maybe my logic brain kind of goes to like trying to look for a rationale, mm-hmm. you know, um, because otherwise there's no, you know, otherwise it really is because it's that illogical. It just kind of is, feels kind of like it can go either which way. So I guess the the reason that I was kind of curious about that is because, so now because you have these level of extremes and when you're talking about something that um, is about life or death, you know, um, and people just seem to kind of want to live lives on their terms, how do how do you kind of and now you're talking about forced isolation or for forced kind of self-isolation quarantine or is that the term has been how do people have go about feeling connected because the reality is is that you know because we're, we're no longer living the level of connect connectivity that we're used to. And, and I don't mean like social and digital, but like, I mean, interacting with people now you almost have to work to connect to people. Right. So like, how, how does that, how does that happen? Well, we, luckily we live in a digital era. And so it has been very interesting to see on all of my social media, how people are staying connected, but we have, you know, people are using a lot of these video um, 
apps to stay connected, whether it's through Zoom or Google Hangouts or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but not just to chat, but to do things like play games, um, you know, watch movies at the same time their friends are watching movies while having a chat box by, you know, using an app or an extension like Netflix Party. Um, a lot of people are hosting virtual happy hours. Uh, so people are really, really working hard at connecting via, you know, these, these apps and, and video chats to be able to see their friends and to see their families and to still be, you know, quote unquote, hanging out, doing the things that you would normally do on a Friday or Saturday night, you know, whether it's having a game night or, or getting some drinks or even eating dinner together, right? At the same time, while you're chatting with someone. Um, so that's been interesting. But even, you know, gyms are closed and can't really go out and exercise. So a lot of places are streaming their exercise classes. So people are, you know, working out at home more. Uh, a lot of there's been DJ parties online via Instagram Live and, and, and uh, Facebook Live feeds. So people are kind of jamming around in their house with their friends. So, you know, people are getting really, really creative with how they're connecting with, you know, with friends and family. And even with, with work, right? There are so many people who are, have the ability to work from home and are able to use these sites to have meetings and still be able to work and keep their jobs and not have to worry about those financial stressors that, you know, some people, depending on what their business is, can't work from home. You, you know, it's, it's funny you say that because like, um, I, I feel like ironically, and, and maybe this is just a byproduct of the, of the situation that we're in, but I feel like I'm connecting to people more than I was before all this, because I think you almost take for granted that you can kind of see or call or talk to people, but it's something different when you're forced to not do that stuff. Oh, absolutely. Because right, we all of most of us, I'm mean, going to say all of us, most of us have a lot more time on our hands because we're not inundated with events and, you know, meeting friends out for dinners or a wedding or a party or this or that. And so we're at home more. And so it is forcing us to connect with, you know, our friends that maybe we normally don't connect with. For example, our, you know, we were able to connect via a video chat with a lot of our friends from college this weekend that, you know, it's not something we normally do. And yet, with this kind of forced social isolation, we've done that. And I have a couple of other, you know, virtual happy hours and, 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 and chat parties kind of set up with other friends who I haven't seen who live in the same city as I do, but we just haven't seen each other in months. And, you know, now people are reaching out and connecting with each other. So it's really interesting to see that because all of these apps have existed before this pandemic, you know, existed, but we're using them now more than we ever have. 
Do you, do you think that there's kind of like, you know, now that we're kind of doing this kind of, and, and so this question is going to be kind of a little bit of uh, multi-pronged, but do you think that there's something to be said about just kind of like what it takes for people to kind of create connections to other people? And then do you think that also that there's a possibility that what we're living through right now, what we're experiencing is going to be a gateway to kind of the way that we communicate with people or, or is it that we're just kind of living in a moment and this is just kind of how it goes? Well, I would hope that it's not something that it just, for now we're living in the moment, we're all bored and we're all just trying to connect and keep, you know, keep our minds sane, but it, it is something that, you know, we will keep doing after this all passes that we have found other ways to connect with each other and we'll maintain this. But, you know, unfortunately, I think that, you know, having this pandemic, it's very much like weddings and funerals, right, where you connect with people you haven't seen in so long. And when you're at a wedding or you see them at a funeral, all of a sudden it's like, hey, I haven't spoken to you in two years. We exchanged numbers and now we're connected all over again. And so I feel like this is kind of what's happening where with this pandemic, where most of us are staying inside, trying to figure out what to do, stay connected. And we are figuring out all of these new ways to be able to do these things. And like I said, I hope that this is something that continues and it doesn't just fall off when we can all go back to life as usual. So let me ask a question, and I think we've kind of talked about it in, in broad strokes, but I, I definitely want to kind of get at something a little bit. What about, there are some people that are in kind of like self-quarantine, that are in quarantine or are isolated and don't necessarily have families or live alone. And yeah, they can do these kind of gr group chats, but they can, or in, in video chats, but they can only do that, but so often and so, so, so much. What is kind of, as, from your perspective, especially given the kind of counsel and the kind of insight that you may provide to a to a client, what is your advice on how to kind of deal and work through through those kinds of situations and, and those people that are probably going to have to be in 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 quarantine for a little longer? You know, I, I think one of the things that people should just do in general is to plan ahead before you know, they're even asked to quarantine for any reason, whether it's because they've come into contact with someone or they're being, it's a forced quarantine because they're traveling from one state to another. And, you know, like here in Florida, anyone coming from New York is being forced to quarantine for 14 days, but just to prepare. Um, and what I mean by that is, right, 14 days is a long time and that's a lot of time on your hands to be alone. So coming up with some ideas of, of activities, hobbies, um, you know, books that you want to read, just things to occupy your time. What I've told what a lot of my clients is, you know, those things you keep saying, oh, I wish I had more time to do that. Oh, and I really love doing this, but I just never have the time. Now is the time to do that right? Whether it's because you're furloughed or you're home um, and you're working from home, but you don't have as much work to do because you can't do as much as you can do in the office or you're being forced to quarantine, you know, whether that's picking up a new language, like I said, reading some books, um, 
working on some paintings, whatever that might be, but just really to try and occupy your time. So, you know, I mean, for for a lot for a lot of us that live in the U.S. and I know that um, we also have um, some some listeners around uh, around the world. You know, th- those those lockdown times or those quarantine periods are probably going to be a lot longer. Um, and and those kind of things will inevitably have some type of like psychological or like mental toll that that kind of stuff will take on you. Um, from your perspective as a therapist, kind of what do you what what do you offer in advice and insight? Do you offer for someone that is probably going through a much longer period and feels especially uh, consumed or or worried or facing about of of anxiety? Like what what's your what's your what's your thought and perspective on just kind of how to to manage and and cope? through this kind of difficult period of, of isolation and, and social distancing as the term has been uh, popularly, popularly coined. You know, and, and it depends on, you know, what the restrictions are with, with your level of social distancing or quarantine. Um, but right. Staying connected is definitely going to be number one. But, you know, the other thing is, focus on what you can control because right now there's so much uncertainty. Every day is different. We just don't know what to expect tomorrow or next week or next month. And we really have to do our best to live in the moment, take it hour by hour, day by day, because we just, we, no one really knows what's happening. Um, and so, you know, as far as making plans and things like that, we just really have to focus on the moment, what we can control and all the, the only person we can control is ourselves, right? And there are a lot of people who are getting upset about, you know, what others are doing in the outside world, whether they're following the, the quarantine rules or the social distancing rules. And, and that can re- cause that anxiety to increase and, and make you feel a, anger and all other types of feelings, really overwhelmed with feelings. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm always a, a pusher of journaling. I think gratitude journaling is great at this point in time because there's so much bad going on and so much negativity um, unplugging from the media is huge, right? There's just so much. We're being inundated with coronavirus news 24-7 that we have to be able to turn it all off. You know, and I know there people want to be informed, um, but there is a such thing as being too informed. There's too much. Um, and there's a lot of misinformation out there. So really trying to get your, your information from reputable sources, um, you know, like the CDC and, and who, um, if you can go outside, go outside, you know, as much as possible going for walks, but of course, practicing social distancing, you know, keeping six feet between you and other people. Um, if you live in a place where you have a balcony or a backyard, right, getting as much of that outside as you can. So, you know, I know that, um, I know that this is kind of, kind of like a very big 
uh, subject, and this isn't something that, you know, anyone really has a whole lot of depth of, of kind of like understanding, you know, um, because it's just such a, uh, an unprecedented uh, situation. Are there any other kind of like insights or any just general pers- pieces of perspective that you would kind of offer to us as we kind of live through kind of like not just through a pandemic, but through like its effects, the effects of like social distancing, employment, like all those things that are inevitably starting to, that we're starting to see as byproducts of this kind of situation. Are there any just kind of, and it doesn't have to be kind of married to any particular point, but I I, I would be curious to get your, your take and insight um, given, given, uh, given your background and given the kind of work that you that you do, just kind of any other perspectives that would be just really beneficial for us to kind of be mindful of as we navigate this? Well, I think one thing that's important to keep in mind is that, that this will pass, right? This is not something that is going to, you know, hopefully go on for, you know, months and months and months or years, um, that there, if, if everyone does their part, and that's why the social distancing is so important. You know, if we all do our part, the, 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 the more we do it, the faster we can all get through this. Um, but I think that the other thing is reach out, right? Whether it's to friends or family, but there are lots of online support groups. There are you know, uh, therapists are now, uh, many therapists are doing telehealth, right? So there is a lot of access to mental health resources out there. And so if you are feeling overwhelmed with everything that's going on, if you are feeling that depression setting in because of the isolation, if you are feeling extremely anxious and having trouble sleeping and having intrusive thoughts, reach out because there is help out there. Thank you so much for for the insight and the perspective. I know that this is just a very interesting time to be kind of like living. Who knew that this is kind of like the first quarter of 2020, this is kind of where we're going to walk into. Um, It's just been fascinating and educational. Um, But I, I think that, you know, the just kind of having thoughts and insights like yours and, 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 you know, just the kind of work that you do is kind of what is kind of necessary to kind of get through and navigate and understand and cope with this reality. And so I, I, I appreciate the ability and the insight that you've been able to kind of lend, lend us um, as, as we take a pass at trying to understand what the heck, you know, the, the, the output and the, 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 the fallout of a pandemic could have. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you.